My mother's people were all coal miners. My father's people were all steel workers. They all worked in the mills. I don't believe in miracles. I believe in Pittsburgh. We play for city and country. The city is Pittsburgh. And this is Steelers country. Hello everyone, welcome to Steeler Country. I'm your host, Tony. We're back for week two of the preseason. It is in the books. The Pittsburgh Steelers win over the Atlanta Falcons 17-13. to you know, in doing prep for this podcast, it's, it became obvious to me why I haven't done in the past and why this podcast hasn't done in the past weekly preseason podcast. You know, it's, it's just too easy to be lazy, to make grand proclamations about the team and, and aspects of the team, given such a small sample size. Preseason is interesting to watch, and I like watching preseason, but it's a very different game than regular season football. You know, regular season football is, is 11 guys on each side of the ball working together for a common goal. You know, the, and that goal being score more points, win the game, right, make the playoffs, win the Super Bowl. Preseason is, is very different than that. The battle is, yes, against those other 11 men, but it is also against each other, right? Players are battling for roster spots. They're battling for a role on the team. They're battling for that starting spot. And so individual performances in that case become much more important than the win and the loss. It becomes everything. And so when I see silly things written this week like the defense looks bad and the secondary needs to be improved and the defense needs a bounce-back performance in week three to redeem themselves, I'm like, you know, this stuff is ridiculous, right? First of all, to that last point, no one is ever going to say, oh, well, this defense really turned it around in week three and that's what and that's what made them great. No, you're not turning anything around in preseason, right? Preseason is about working on your craft, getting better, getting yourself prepared for regular season football. So, yes, there are things about this team that need to be improved. There are things that need to be improved about every team in the league. And I don't want to focus on uh, one drive or one half. Right? I'm not going to micro-analyze the, the drive that Matt Ryan had against us or the, the performance that our defense had in those first couple drives. I want to focus tonight's podcast on individual performances, just like I did last week. I think that's what's more interesting about preseason. That's, that's what I think is going to be interesting on this podcast. So, so let's break that down. And let's start with T.J. Watt. Look, this guy had a big drop-off from week one to week two, right? Much like much like you could say the Steelers' defense did. But I think that's okay for him, you know? Yes, he he didn't get big sack numbers, and he wasn't on the, the Sports Center uh, highlights after this game. But he's still showing some of those things that we saw him do last week and even in college, right? He's still doing some of those things really well. I think he's still very, you know, he was still very good with his hands in this game, good with leverage. He did a, did a great job a couple times of taking the tackle with him on outside runs and really sealing the edge. Yes, he needs to refine his pass rush game, and it needs to be more consistent in that department, absolutely. He got caught a few times inside. He gave up the edge. That Those kind of things can happen. But look, overall, you still have to be excited about his game, his growth, what he brings to the table. I still think he's a... You know, he's a, a much better, uh, he's got a much better floor than most rookies coming in. And I think that's going to be a big asset to this team, uh, when it, when it comes to the outside linebacker position, because we're not going to have to play James Harrison extended minutes or we're not going to have to go deep 
into the outside linebacker spot um, to try and keep those minutes away from James Harrison because we have a guy like T.J. Watt. So still excited about his performance, still excited to watch him in week three, week four, and then into the regular season. Mike Hilton is another guy who I'm super excited about, and, and how can you not be? Uh, this is number 40. I know you know who he is because if you've watched any preseason, you know number 40. He's the sleeper hit of this preseason, isn't he? I, you know, I think at this, I said last week he's probably going to compete for a roster spot. I think after this week, I'm ready to just say it. This guy is making the roster. There are reports out of practice today that he's getting first-team reps in the nickel. And, you know, of course, the first question that comes to mind is, wait, could he really replace William Gay? William Gay being the veteran within the secondary? I think the answer to that question is, yes, he could replace William Gay, but he probably won't and probably not immediately. But don't get me wrong. This is an incredible find for the Steelers. They have been looking for a nickel corner to replace William Gay for a long time. This goes back to Senquez Golson three years ago when they took him in the second round. It goes back to last year when they took Sean Davis and tried to him, insert him into the slot role. Finding Mike Hilton off the street as a free agent who's been with multiple teams and now he's landed in Pittsburgh and really gotten his shot and earned it. This is a great find for this team. I'm not saying he can start week one. But could he be an Artie Burns type that kind of comes in late in the year and becomes a bigger and bigger contributor as the year goes on? I certainly could see that from him. And it is, it is exciting to have someone young in the secondary like this who's, who's really making an impact, always around the ball, good against the run. Um, a special find we have in Mike Hilton, the guy who can, who can make plays like that. So again, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to overstate what he's doing, but I think he has been, the talk of preseason, and, and, and he has earned that with his play on the field. Another guy a lot of Steelers fans have been excited about, James Conner, finally saw the field on, on Sunday. Uh, he had missed a lot of training camp and missed week one of the preseason with an injury. And clearly the Steelers wanted to get him a ton of reps, right? Uh, he, I think he carried the ball something like 20 times in this game. Uh, Niall Davis did not even see the field in this game because uh, not, at running back because James Conner got, got the majority of the reps. Look, James Conner had a slow start in this game, but he showed later in the game what he brings to the table. Um, I thought there were too many east-west runs that he had. I think he was trying to to home run ball every single run. I think that he kind of got that out of his system as the game went on, and and he he got less excited and and more you know natural. Showed more of his natural instincts rather than thinking about every run. And once that happened, he showed a real quick burst. You know, he has a, the opposite style of Le'Veon, where Le'Veon, when he gets the ball, it, it's kind of a slow, methodical, finding the hole, patience, 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 burst. James Conner gets the ball and goes, and immediately goes. Um, and he has an incredibly quick first step. You know, we talk about change of pace running backs. I mean, James Conner is a true change of pace from Le'Veon. It'll be interesting to see how he interacts with, with the offensive, an offensive line that's so used to a back being far more patient, but... Look, this is his backup spot to lose on the team. And I think, yes, we've seen good things out of Fitzgerald Toussaint. We've seen good things out of Niall Davis a week ago. But James Conner is the backup running back on this team, and he proved why. I think the, the one negative, the real negative coming out of this game, regardless of his slow start and, and him trying to hit too many home run balls, I think in our offense, you have to be able to catch the ball at running back. That, that is a core component of what our offense does. And in this game, there were just too many drops. And it's a thing that he absolutely has to improve on if he's going to be the backup guy. 
So that's one thing to continue watching. I think he can improve there. It's, I know it's something that coming out of college was, was the knock on him is how good is he going to be out of the backfield. It's disappointing to see that, that those things have not gotten better yet. But again, we're still early. We're in week two. He's not going to be the starting running back week one, regardless of all the bullshit you hear out of, out of, you know, Steeler media. Le'Veon Bell will be the starter week one. Um, and James Conner will, will get a chance to, to play a series or two a game. And, and let's hope that he can, you know, get better uh, bringing the ball in. I think a lot of those drops that he had in this game were mental, um, taking his eyes off the ball, looking downfield. You know, again, it's one of those things where are you comfortable? Are you feeling the game or are you thinking about the game? And I think in a lot of cases uh, with James Conner, he was thinking too much and that, that affected his play. Javon Hargrave on defense. You know, I, I, look, I don't, I know you guys probably don't expect me to talk good things about the defense in this game, but I will, I will say there were a couple of individual performances on defense that I was very excited about. Obviously, Mike Hilton being one of them, but Javon Hargrave on the starting defense being another. He was dominant in the short time he played in this game. I know he left the game with a concussion or concussion-like symptoms, and, and there was no concussion, so that's awesome news. But, boy, this guy might be this, the breakout player Steeler fans aren't talking about yet. He shows, a, again, an, a, another guy who has a real good get-off and, and a good first step, and he has, uh, you know, he just has natural strength and power to get his way through uh, offensive linemen. Um, and, and causing havoc in the backfield. The real question I have, you know, coming out of this preseason, because again, he showed a lot of this stuff last year and he's just proving it in the last two games in, that he's played this year. The question for me is, is going to be usage with him, right? Is he coming off the field and through wide receiver sets? We saw last week the Steelers not come out of their base defense against three wide receiver sets. And I wonder if that was just something they were trying against New York or if that's, if that's a, a you know, kind of a, a tell of something we're going to see more this year. Because, you know, the question is how often are we going to nickel? And if we're going to nickel, how often is Javon Hargrave going to have an opportunity to, to show his talents? Um, so that's the question I have going forward. But again, I think Hargrave is, is a fantastic player. I said this during the evaluation last week. Uh, I think he adds real depth at D line because he can play both positions. Um, but again, I, I want to see, you know, I want to see more out of him and I want to see more reps from him. The three wide receivers that didn't play last week all got to play this week, and that was awesome. Watching Martavis Bryant play again, Sammy Coates, Justin Hunter. Yeah, it's just nice to see those guys finally out there. And, and the wide receiver battle that we had we had been anticipating all summer finally coming into fruition in this game. Unfortunately, you know, they just need more. They, they need to get more to work with, right? I mean, Dobbs' failings means less opportunities for them. And so, you know... None of these guys really stood out from one another. I think Martavis had a nice catch down the sideline. Sammy Coates had a couple of good underneath routes. And Justin Hunter, you know, reached for a touchdown that was nice. But again, none of those guys separated themselves from one another. Obviously, Martavis is the starter. And Sammy Coates and Justin Hunter are potentially competing for roster spots. But I'm far more interested in what they're going to do when given the chance to get the ball from Ben than from Dobbs. Right, and I think that says more about Dobbs than any, any of these guys. So we'll see. You know, the no Landry, no Ben, all Dobbs means the wide receivers are kind of getting the the short end of the stick here, and it's it's unfortunate because wide receiver is such an interesting position for this team. But I'm not going to be surprised if all three of these guys make the roster. Um, I, I think each of them showed a little, you know, a little bit given the limited reps that they had. Um, obviously, Martavis is making the roster. Sammy, I think has a very good chance. And Justin Hunter's on the outside looking in, but 
you know, again, if you come out of these last two games, what is Darius Hayward Bay really bringing to the table that, that Justin Hunter does not? Yes, he's a better special teams player, but Sammy Coates is a very good special teams player, and he's making the roster. So you can, you know, you can make an argument there. Again, I think it's interesting. We have two more games to go, and I'm, I'm very interested to see what these three guys do when given a real quarterback like Ben Roethlisberger to throw them the football. Uh, another player uh, I thought, you know, played well was Artie Burns because he had a, and, and for, for him, it was not so much splashy plays as just being a relatively quiet game for him outside of that penalty for roughing, which the feed I was watching, um, didn't actually show the penalty. So, or, or show what Artie did to, to earn the penalty. So I can't really comment on it, but you know, you, that's what, this is what you want out of Artie Burns, right? Which is just having a quiet ho-hum game where they don't really attack you, especially in a game where defensively we weren't playing very well uh, as a team you know does this speak to does his quiet game speak to the poor play of other players on the team or you know him playing really well against in his one-on-one matchup you know they don't have coaches cam in in nfl game pass and preseason so i can't watch every rep i mean who knows but again this is something to keep an eye on and, and the reason i bring it up is because it's it this matches what we heard in camp which is that Artie's having a, a great camp and um, you know, he's kind of a blanket corner. Uh, him having a game like this where no one's throwing at him matches that. And so that's what that's what gets him. That's what, you know, perks the ears a little bit. Anthony Ciccolo uh, started at, at outside linebacker in this game uh, and, and ended up having a couple of sacks in this game. He had some really good moments. I think the, the problem I have here is that, you know, he didn't really register a moment until like late into the first half or early into the second half. And at that point, you know, you're playing against second, third stringers. Um, you know, he needs to do better against the ones, right? Because, you know, then th- this is a big thing you see in preseason, which is these guys who uh, are established players who have played real NFL football playing against guys who are, you know, just who are like the 53rd or 54th or 55th player on a roster. So, yeah, Anthony Ciccolo had some good moments. He had those two sacks. But, again, you know, was he the fifth best player? Was he the, th- the third best player on the team or on the field at those moments? Right, and is he going to be that when he's playing in regular season games? You know, I, I always get a little weird when I when I know I've seen I've seen a guy in regular season. It, it it goes back to what I said last week about Kobe Hamilton, right? When I've seen you in regular season play, and I've seen what you can do, and then I watch you do really well in preseason, but it's but it's against lesser talent. You know, I just go okay. I mean, you know, again, like Mike McCarthy said this week, and I think he had a great quote. We were talking about look. All football players that make the NFL are good football players, right? What we're doing is separating the great players from the very good players from the good players, right? And I think this is very much that case of like Anthony Chickle is a very good football player, but is he great? No, he's not great, right? And so when you have, you know, we have 22 great players out there and Anthony Chickle is the one very good player, right? He stands out as being not as good. So again, I, I temper my, you know, my excitement about Chickle because we've seen him play uh, regular season football. But again, good to see him make those moments. Same thing I said without the most, take nothing away from it. Um, you know, I think we need Chicolo playing well because depth at outside linebacker um, has been an issue, is an issue right now with Bud Dupree being hurt when um, you can't have too many of those on the team. Jake McGee, tight end on the team, I think is a name to keep an eye on. He's a very strong blocker and he's done that week over week now. Uh, none of the tight ends on this team are really that impressive or impressing in this in this preseason and he could sneak onto the roster i would not be shocked you know if is it grimble versus mcgee is it johnson versus mcgee i don't even know because i don't even know what the depth chart is right now at, at tight end it seems to be uh 
Jesse James, then David Johnson, then Xavier Grimble. But if you're going to keep a guy like Jake McGee, who's much more of a blocker than a, than a receiver, then do you cut David Johnson because he's more of the blocker type. You want to keep Grimble to keep more of the pass catching going. I, you know, But Grimble's not really making any plays. I don't know what's happening at tight end. Again, this is one of those things where it's like, why didn't you bring in more competition at this spot? Um, but again, I think Jake McGee is a guy to, to keep an eye on. Trey Williams uh, had that punt return for a touchdown, so I have to talk about him. I think he showed in that play and in, in, in uh, both of his punt returns, you know, good short area elusiveness and patience um, and then explosiveness through the hole. Uh, the, the punt return he had was, was awesome, and it wasn't just like good blocking. It was, it was him making guys miss, finding the hole, um, exploding through it, and then ultimately beating the punter down the sideline. You know, a lot of people are, are talking about him making the roster now, and I, and then there's a whole other group like, no, he can't make the roster, and I get it, right? It's going to be hard for him to make the roster simply because he's a, a running back. And, you know, we're, we're looking at keeping, you know, six corners or six wide receivers or seven wide receivers. Who the hell knows, right? But it's just a crowded roster. It's a crowded running back spot. You know, you, you're, you already have a real competition there going between James Conner, Niall Davis, and Fitzgerald Toussaint. So you already have to cut one of those guys, and if you, you're keeping Trey Williams, and then you're going to have to keep on the active roster because he's going to be your punt returner. I don't know. I don't know if that. I don't know how you make that roster work. So I think this was a very good performance, and I think he needs to keep this up. And he's already going to make the coaches and GM work when it comes time to, to cut this team down to 53 because he's going to be in their mind, right? That punt return was not, was not a one-off thing. It, that was good short area elusiveness. That was showing patience, and that was showing explosiveness. Um, and those are not traits you often see out of punt returners, and certainly not the punt returners we've seen in this offseason. Um, you know, the Eli Rogers, uh, you know, just not showing that. So, interesting. Uh, Jordan Dangerfield, I think I talked about a lot about what I, what I want to say about Jordan Dangerfield is pretty much the same thing I said about Anthony Chicolo, right? It's a Kobe Hamilton effect. Yeah, he had those two interceptions, and he, you know, but he's played minutes in starting games. Right, I think he's a good backup, but you know, let, let's let's not forget that when he was on the field, he was probably the best player on the field, and that's not going to be the case in the regular season. So, you know, let's yes, Jordan Dangerfield played really well in this game, had two interceptions, but against what talent did he do that? Right, we've seen Jordan Dangerfield play real NFL minutes. Let's let's not forget those. Let's not let these two interceptions blur what was you know real minutes that he saw last year. Uh, Josh Dobbs you saw extensive minutes in this game again because Landry and Ben are hurt. And he's just not comfortable. He's just not comfortable. Whether it's not comfortable in the offense, whether it's not comfortable with the speed of the NFL, not comfortable uh, with what he's looking at from a defensive perspective, I have no idea. But he's just missing throws. Accuracy is a big issue. Confidence is a huge issue. He's got a lot of growth. He's got a lot of growth. You know, when you talk about quarterbacks who just have it, you know, that it thing, Josh Dobbs doesn't have that, right? He doesn't go back there. He's not inspiring confidence in anyone. Now, can you grow into that? Can can that be, not taught, but right, but can you improve your game to have it? I don't know. I don't know. doesn't seem like it. But he was never going to be a day one guy anyway. This was, this was never going to be like the replacement for Ben Roethlisberger. What you want is you want him to grow into being a replacement for Landry Jones. And that I certainly think you can do. Because Landry Jones, early in his career, looked about as bad as Josh Dobbs does. So, yeah, Josh Dobbs can grow to be the Landry replacement for sure. And I think that's what a lot of people expect. 
So don't don't panic yet. It's game two. He's got a lot of growing to do. We're going to see a lot more of him in game three and four. We're going to see a lot more of him next preseason. Uh, and let's get okay. Let's get to the two guys that I think everybody wants me to talk about because the story coming out of this game was how bad the defense played. Yes, the defense did not play well. No, I'm not reading anything into that. But you have to talk about Robert Golden and Ross Cocker. Because those were the two guys that stood out above all else. I'll start with Robert Golden. And this goes back to what I said last week on the podcast. I'm disappointed that they didn't add any depth at safety. Because Golden is like a, an okay safety. He's fine. But he's not a good ball defender. And, you know, they talk about ball hawk safeties and ball hawk corners. You know, those are guys who when the ball is in the air, they're making a play on it. They can see a wide receiver, see the route, anticipate Robert Golden has, like, the opposite of that. The middle of the field was, like, just wide open in this game far too often. And they weren't going to Artie, right? But they weren't going anywhere over uh, on, on that side. And they were just dumping it in the middle of the field, whether it was the inside linebacker, whether it was Vince Williams or Matikiewicz or Golden. I mean, it just seems like Golden too often just gets caught looking. And this happened last year. This is why he was replaced by Sean Davis. I said a lot of good things about Robert Golden going into last season. I thought he could be a good player. But this was the area that he needed to improve in. He's a good tackler. He's good against the run. He's a little bullet head out there. He can be a bullet head and so can Dangerfield. But they kind of fit the same role, Dangerfield and Golden. They're like the same, not the same player, but like they fit the same kind of mold. We don't have, though, the, the, you know, the Ryan Clark, you know, field general back there who's, who's ball hawking or the Troy Palmo who's ball hawking. Right? We just have the bullet heads in our backups. And that's why I wanted to see them add some, some depth there. And I think they will in 2018 for sure because uh, Robert Golden isn't getting better. And I think that's a big thing when I want to talk about with Ross Cockrell because this was a very bad performance for Ross Cockrell. This was bad. People get pissed off at Ross Cockrell because you know, he allows the seven-yard out route and he, and he makes the tackle. And it's annoying because every play is another six-yard, is a three-yard out to Cockrell. What the hell? You know, for me, and I think for for the Steelers and for a lot of people, it's not that bad, right? Because you're not giving up the deep ball. It's not like A.J. Green's going for 50. The problem in this game for Ross Cockrell is he did get beat deep. And it was, he not only did he give up the, the BS he always gives up, but he got beat. He got beat on a couple plays in this game, including the one where he got beat deep. Those things didn't happen to Ross Cockrell last year. Those things didn't happen. I wanted to see him get better. I wanted to see him have tighter coverage, anticipate routes better. And instead, he's going in the opposite direction. Not only is he not getting better at the little, you know, the little inside slant routes, he's still letting guys get inside. But he's also going in the opposite direction and, you know, and just getting beat deep, not keeping things in front of him. That's, that's a problem for me. Now, I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to, again, this is where I go back to. This was one series that he played against Matt Ryan. This was like three series that he played in the game. So let's not panic about Ross Cockrell. One game does not mean that he all of a sudden massively regressed. Ross Cockrell will probably still be the, the starter day one. He will probably end up being fine. He's, I said this last week. He's not going to be a great corner, but he's not going to be a bad corner. He's somewhere in, the, somewhere in between. But reports today are that Cody Sensabaugh got first team reps. And so, you know, now everyone's like, oh, is Cockrell getting benched? Is Sensabaugh going to be our starting corner? I think that's way too premature at this point. 
way too premature. I am. It does make me interested to see what they do in Game Three, though, because Game Three is is the walkthrough. Game Three is the one where, it, you know, it, it, of all the preseason games, it quote unquote this one quote unquote matters the most, as if a preseason game could matter. But whatever, you know, I think what what happens here now is you know you you definitely add Cody Sensabaugh to that list of the the Steeler fans' favorite non-starters, right? And I, by that I mean you know add him to the list with Brandon Boykin and Justin Gilbert for. You know, players, Steeler fans will be bitching and moaning every week. Why aren't they getting more playing time? Why isn't Sensabaugh playing? Why is Cockle still playing? Yada, yada, yada. We'll see. We'll see. Now, the last thing I want to talk about on tonight's podcast, because this happened literally like five minutes before I started recording, is the Steelers traded for a cornerback. And I can't, it was one of those like, what? Uh, they traded for Deshaun Phillips, a cornerback from the Redskins. They traded a backup safety or safety, a backup center who wasn't going to make the roster anyway, for Deshaun Phillips, a guy who's not even eligible for the practice squad. So either Deshaun Phillips makes the roster or he's cut outright. That's interesting. That's interesting, especially now. Will he see play on Saturday? I don't know, because it's it's right now it's Wednesday night as this trade happens. So he gets into camp tomorrow, he starts practicing, he practices on Friday. Does he play at all? I would say probably not. Maybe? This is an interesting one. This is an interesting one. So I think he's going to play a bunch in, in preseason game four. Here's what makes this interesting. You're trading for a corner. It means you want to add depth at your cornerback position. Ducree just went on IR. I get that. There isn't a ton of depth on this roster. Fine. But if he is going to make the roster, right? If 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 this if this was a guy who they they coveted, they want to go out and get, and they did through a trade, they didn't just bring a guy off the street. That's what makes this interesting. You know, the Steelers have already gone and added Shepard. Uh, I forget his first name. Cornerback Shepard, right? They they got this guy Shepard at, at corner when Sanquez Golson got hurt. They didn't trade for him. They go and got him off the street. They've done this time and time again this offseason. They brought in just random guys when guys get hurt. Just to fill the roster, fill the reps in, in practice. That's what teams do. But a trade? A trade is interesting. A trade means mm, maybe he's not getting cut. A trade ra- raises that flag of like, wait, hold on. This is the guy they really want. Because they trade, you gave up something for him. You didn't just sign a guy off the street. So if he makes the roster, someone's getting cut. Obviously. But it's not going to be Artie Burns. We know that, duh. I mean, Cam Sutton, he's a third-round pick. He's not getting cut. And Hilton, I mean, he's a damn near lock at this point. Like I said, Mike Hilton's probably not getting cut. So who's getting cut? Leaves you three more. If they keep six, leaves you three more. Is it Ross Cockrell? Is Ross Cockrell getting cut? Now, that would be insane. Is it William Gay? That would be probably even crazier. But when I hear in practice, Ross Cockrell... Ben is not getting all the first team reps. Sensabaugh is splitting reps with him. William Gay's not getting all the first team reps. Mike Hilton's splitting reps with him. Now that makes me... And then they trade for wide receiver later that day. Or a cornerback later that day. That is interesting. That's interesting. I think Cody Sensabaugh's probably not getting cut. Because he's a free agent. He brought in free agency. He's getting first team reps. I mean, it's the next logical guy after Ross Cockrell and William Gay. And don't get me wrong. Either of those guys would be insane. So Sensabaugh probably less insane than those, but I don't know if it makes as much sense. It is the next logical guy in order. 
but I don't know if it makes sense. I think the, the two that I'm looking at right now are Ross Cockrell and William Gay. Now look, this literally, like I said, this literally happened five minutes before I started recording. I'm still trying to process what this means. It could be nothing. It could be nothing. Again, they traded away nothing because there was a guy who wasn't even going to make the roster, wasn't going to make the practice squad. So it was just another training camp body that they trade away. Could they be bringing in just another training camp body? Sure. Absolutely. But I just think it's very interesting that normally in these, in these cases, when you're bringing in just another body to fill the roster out, you're doing that via free agency. You're not trading anything away. So trade, as soon as you say the words trade to me, red flags go up and I go, okay, what the hell's going on at this position? They, they've brought in guys late. In the year, who didn't get cut? Ross Cockrell was one of them. Ross Cockrell, not I mean, not not traded, but here is a guy who was brought in very late in the process. I think after the fifty-three man cut, boom, they brought him in, or was he? I mean, it was seventy-five man cut or whatever it was. He was late, and then they didn't cut him. They kept him on the team. I believe Brandon Boykin was a trade. I will have to double check on that, but I'm pretty sure he was. I know Justin Gilbert was. Those guys made the roster. Deshaun Phillips might make this roster. I don't think it's out of the question. And if he does, it does not mean that Cam Sutton's getting cut or Mike Hilton's getting cut or Artie Burns getting cut. It means Cockrell, Gay, or Sensible is gone. That's crazy. That's the real upheaval that I think Steeler fans wanted coming into the season. I was very, I, I, I was, you know, I would have been, I, I am shocked right now that that might actually happen. But we'll see. We'll see. Interesting to, to me. What this means for the roster, how this shapes out. Again, like I said, this this just happens. I'm processing it. Could mean nothing. Uh, we will see, but it certainly makes it a lot interesting. So that's pretty much it. Uh, I don't really have a lot else. Like, like I said, I don't you know I don't want to dig too deep into uh, what it was just one preseason game, but I will go back and do that again next week after next week's preseason game. So uh, I'll be back. Um, Next week to talk about Steelers-Colts. This is the third preseason game. This is the one that quote-unquote matters, right? Ben will play in this game. AB will play in this game. All of the starters will play. Um, how long they play, who knows? I think last year they played for a quarter, maybe. I expect probably they'll play around there. Um, we have some guys returning who haven't played any minutes yet. Uh, the, the one that comes to mind is is um, Bud Dupree. But we also have Juju out there who could potentially play. Uh, Will James Harrison see any time in this game would be interesting. Cam Sutton, interested to see if he can get out there. Um, and again, I think with Ben out there, it becomes much more interesting what happens with Martavis, Sammy, Justin Hunter, the whole wide receiver battle, everybody at that position. Um, because this is the make or break game for all of them as well. And so I'm, I'm very interested to watch all of that. So thank you all for listening. If you want to leave feedback, Steeler Country at, uh, Steeler Country at gmail.com is the email address. You can follow me on Twitter where I do I do live tweet the, the games, especially the preseason games. I will continue to do that through the next two games. You can find me at, at Steeler Country on Twitter. Uh, I recommend you follow me on there. I'll see you next week.